0: This podcast is sponsored by our all-new course, What Tech Job is Right for Me. Visit us at yourtechie.com slash start to check out our new course and find what tech job is right for you. I am just so excited to introduce you to Erin Parsons because we are going to talk about what it means to be a Scrum Master. We're going to talk about the day-to-day, and she's going to answer in way more detailed questions that that I can answer, than I can answer. But I'm super excited. Erin is a former GNC retail store manager turned Scrum master. She's now Scrum mastering for five product teams. Which people? That is crazy. I don't know anyone who's done that many. Erin, welcome. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here tonight.
1: Yeah, I'm happy to be.
0: The first thing I think that's so, so important that I try to
1: share over and
0: over again is that everyone has their own. So why Scrum Master? How did you get there?
1: What's your journey? Well, I had in the same way that probably a lot of the people uh, listening here, scrum master, and they're like, "I don't play rugby. I've never heard that term. It sounds a little strange." Um, I had no clue what it was. Um, I actually, I'm from Boone, North Carolina, and i I opted away from pursuing a college degree so that I could work full time. And so I, I left after about my second year of college, and I worked in restaurants, at car washes. I ended up managing a jewelry boutique for a long time. Um, And then when I moved to the triangle, I was actually pursuing uh, my certification in personal training and then ultimately wellness coaching. And so I was working at a GNC to, you know, I I had to have a job if I was going to live here. So um, it made sense. I knew the products, but um, I actually, I had a customer who came in fairly regularly and he, uh, he would just, he would come in, I would help him talk through his supplements and then he would leave and that was it. And it was just by chance one day, um, he had observed me in the store because he would come in and we would talk for a good bit of time. And uh, he had observed my my habits behind the counter and even dealing with the different customers that came through. And one day he just asked me for my resume and I was a little bit skeptical uh, for obvious reasons, but I, after much convincing, Um, I finally passed it along to him and he had told me that he had this Scrum Master opportunity and he just sent me a bunch of YouTube links and all of these things for me to basically just kind of bombard myself with Agile and Scrum. And it still pretty much went right over my head. All I could see was programming and software and I was like, that is all foreign to me. I don't have a clue about any of that. I'm going to look ridiculous if, if I try to move into that. Um, and I agreed to the interview because he said, if you're, if you're willing to take on this interview, uh, focus on these strengths and they were things like, you know, your organization or your ability to encourage people or your ability to communicate, he's like, focus on those strengths and I like, you're going to do fine. So I, I had the interview and by the end of that day, the company made me an offer. And all I could think was just like, "What am I signing up for right now?"
0: <laughs>
1: um, and so I went to my I went to my supervisors at GNC, and I was just like, um, "I'm leaving. Can't exactly tell you what I'm doing, but I'm doing <laughs> something." So um, I mean, I came in as green as anybody could be. Um, I was totally overwhelmed, and now. I've been doing it for, I've been a Scrum Master for three, three and a half years. And it's one of the, I mean, it's a job that I'm like, how do more people not know about this? Because so many of the skills required, people have just innate, you know, things like organization and communication and the ability to, um, to encourage and to support and coach and to, to bring a little bit of order to chaos you know
0: and that's that's great because I think it would really help if you could talk a little bit about what do you do day to day like what what are the skills that you use in in like how are you spending your time I think that that would really help people understand you know what's a typical day for a scrum master so they can figure out if that's something they want
1: I typically come in and I do what most people think of when, you know, you think of a, a tech position or a, you know, a desk job, you know, I come in and I, I check my emails. I make sure that I don't have any urgent communications from team members or, um, you know, just meetings that I need to be aware of. I go through, and I mean, it's, a, it's an easy morning, you know, it's not high stress. It's not like I'm there coming in the door and immediately just frazzled or anything like that. Um, yeah. you know, I I'm able to kind of take a few breaths and get myself situated because as the, uh, the keeper of process for some of these teams where, you know, somebody has got to stay cool headed when everything's going crazy and everything seems to be on fire, <laughs> you know, so, um, right. to be able to just kind of settle in the morning and get myself together, get my notes for my teams and make sure I have any updates or announcements for them that may need to be shared. Um, Every morning we have these little mini meetings. They're about 15 minutes long, no longer, time boxed. Um, and there are daily stand-ups. And so, like you mentioned earlier, Ellen, I do have five teams. So I do hold um, I actually hold six stand-ups. Um, and that is because I do one that is for the leaders of the other five teams. So, um, but so I have I start at 845 and until ten fifteen, I'm just in these little miniature fifteen minute meetings that my only job is to ask people what are you or what did you do yesterday what are you going to do today and is there anything that's holding you up or blocking you do you have any impediments that's keeping you from moving forward and once those answers or once they give those answers and we, um, we update where we track our work we do have like a, a timeline that we pull up so we can visualize everything um, but once that's all updated Everybody's good to go, and we move on to the next meeting. And after that, once I've held all of those meetings, um, there might be action items, things that I need to do or update um, mm-hmm. after you know based on what they've shared. But for the most part, um, after that, I join a lot of their meetings because the teams are made up of you know developers, product owners, tech leads. Uh, sometimes there'll be like a an SME. Um, but, or a subject matter expert, but, but uh, so then they'll have meetings and my role is pretty much to observe. I make sure in all of the meetings that scrum is being adhered to. So since again, I kind of I hold some of the process. So sometimes people will be like, well, this is how we would normally do it, but eh, this time let's do it this way. And it's like, Mm -hmm. "Hmm, but why are we doing it that way? Why are we going to deviate from what we know that we usually do? And so a lot of my job is asking questions, um, observing and asking questions. And people do, you know, they'll turn to me and ask, okay, Scrum Master, well, so what does Scrum say we do? What are we supposed to do? What is Agile? (laughs) But rarely, I mean, you know, when you've, when you've been working with a team they usually kind of know it and so a lot of it is being there to kind of remind them like you're doing a great job keep it up that's a good choice you know and encouraging and facilitating the conversations asking questions to help people open up and talk about things that they might not otherwise um because that is a it's a word that's seen a lot with scrum masters is just facilitation you're there to facilitate conversations to facilitate The completion of work, Um, you know, you're not responsible for delivering the work. Um, So I think when the perspective is right, I mean, it's a very low pressure job, but it it is what you make it. You know, you can make yourself a great Scrum Master by really getting involved. um, You know, putting, uh, you know, taking on more. I'm trying to think of the right word. You can take on additional tasks that will help lessen the load because as a servant leader, which another term that, again, is frequently associated with being a scrum master, um, as a servant leader, you're always looking for something that you can do to help the team, whether it be uh, taking action items in a meeting, you know, taking a couple of notes just to make sure that those people that are up at the whiteboard or, you know, screen sharing, they can focus on that and you're there to take those notes for them or even just grabbing coffee on a late, you know, or just a hectic morning when you're trying to finish up all your work for a deadline and people are frazzled and everybody needs a little caffeine boost. You know, you, it is what you make it. So. Right.
0: Right. And, and what about in your work, do you, do you have any um, sort of metrics or analytics that you look at to, to kind of think about how product, how the productivity is working, how the product is coming? What are, how do you interact with that type of uh, data?
1: Well, so again, it's something that you can, you can really customize the role. Um, and so for me, I actually, I love, I have a little bit of experience with project management um, because with my first position as a scrum master, I actually came in in kind of a hybrid role where it was like okay you're a project manager but we're moving you towards being the scrum master for this team um and so by the end of it i was just doing scrum master work but so i had developed or i had acquired a lot of data collection skills
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: so there are different tools that companies will use to track their progress and to track their work so some of the more frequently heard ones you know are jira or Mm -hmm. um uh, or TFS, Visual Studio, uh, those are the two I'm most familiar with, but I know that there are a couple out there, but JIRA is really, um, I think, kind of the, the top dog in that market. Um, but so most of those systems that are used or the software that's used, it you know, it's collecting how much time is spent on an, a story, because um, in Scrum you have stories, which is just a piece of work, um, right. or a ticket, you can call it probably but um, so it's how much time was spent you can also um, you can look at how much work you've gotten done Uh, a lot of times you'll hear about the burndown and it seems to be kind of being phased out um, burndown charts but I know that in the role Mm -hmm. that I'm in currently I'm a huge proponent for them and they literally just show okay this is how many hours of work we committed to accomplishing this month yeah now we're gonna see every day how many hours have we actually done, and are we on track to finish on time? Right. Um, which is really, really useful when you're facilitating these conversations, and you can be the one to sure. say, "You're still on that well if if that's not done, then how are we going to do this thing you know and you're just right. there to ask the questions for dependency reasons um, but so I choose to hold quite a few metrics um I like to look at things like how the team is feeling, there's the team morale metric where you can Mm -hmm. just do a fist of five and say, okay, how is everybody feeling? One to five and we twos and fives and just to see, all right, everybody's feeling good about what we're doing. Um, I also look at PTO or um, work from home because a big piece of scrum and agile is face-to-face interactions. And so when you've got team members that aren't wanting to video share, if they're remote workers or if they're just They don't seem to wanna be in the office. They don't wanna be there. And so I look at those things and I say, okay, well, how can we improve this team health? Maybe if we have people actually face-to-face because we don't have a lot of that happening right now. Right, no, I think, and PTO
0: paid time off for those of you who don't know, I know that's a common acronym. But yeah, I know I tend to video share a lot and I think that it's good because you can see the, because I do work remotely, but you can see the face. And you know, Okay, everyone gets in that, you know, hey, I'm not going to be in it. But if you see that trend, I'm sure it can tell you a lot about that person, what they're doing. And that was really helpful Thanks, because I've heard a lot of, I've read a lot of blogs and articles, too, on the debate between burn down charts and are they good and are they not. You know, it's like anything if you use it the right way and you, uh, you know, you're using it not as a gotcha. It's more of a guide and how to motivate the team. I think that's kind of the, the whole gist of it. So that is really awesome Um, and and I just have a couple more questions I think it um, would be helpful for people to know you know what do you love about your job and then what's hard just kind of like really honest every job has something that's hard to do and challenging but like what do you love and what's hard?
1: what I love about my job is the people uh, and I think that a big part of that comes from, and that was actually something that that initial interaction, I consider it somewhat of a divine uh, connection uh, through that customer at GNC yeah. where he saw right. you know, my ability to talk to people. Yeah. And now to be able to bring that into an environment that even if I can't understand half of the tech jargon that they're speaking... Yeah. I'm still able to help them Um, and they still look to me for help, even though they know that I don't understand some of the terms. And so um, I really do love the people. I've I've met a lot of really neat personalities that I wouldn't have met otherwise. I mean, the first team I worked with, I had people from Ethiopia and from Nepal and from Egypt and I mean, people that they were, I mean, they had such amazing stories and I was like, I would have never met you guys if it wouldn't have been for this position. So I've met so many awesome people. Um, I also, I love the fact that my job is never to solve anybody's problem, because I think that that's a lot of pressure. If somebody just says, this is a problem, what do we do? Right. right. Like, to be able to flip the script, because I mean, that I've had had people ask me that, but as a scrum master, really, my job is to ask people questions and to let them talk through their own problems. So yeah. um Sometimes I'll be in a meeting, and there will be a problem, and I'll ask a question, and somebody who is clearly affected by the problem they'll make eye contact with me as they solve their own problem, and I'm just sitting there nodding and smiling like, oh, <laughs> "Yep, yeah, that sounds good." And, and by the end of it, they're like, "Man, Aaron, thanks, thanks for helping." And I'm like, You're "I literally like, I didn't that. do anything. You solved the problem yourself." <laughs> um. So that's, I mean, that's just a fun part. And I think if you go into the role with that perspective, remembering it's never my job to solve the problem. I'm here to facilitate the resolution to the problem, though. You know, I'm here to help and coach the team to, to work through their problems because, um, fun fact, and I, I hope that this isn't discouraging, but they say that the goal of every scrum master is to work yourself out of the job um, because eventually you'll have coached the team so well that they don't really need you anymore. Because they are asking themselves those questions, and they right. remember those values that they need to be holding as an agile team. So, mm-hmm. um, but even then, that takes a long, long time. <laughs> that is not something where it's like you're going to have a job for two months and then they're they're going to say goodbye. I mean, a lot of times, even when they're ready to let go, they don't want to. Um, because I actually have a couple of teams right now that I feel that way. I'm um, like, you guys this would be fine without me, but they're like, don't go. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> If I had to say that I didn't like something about the job, I would say it's the ambiguity. Because like earlier, you have to make it what, you know, you have to kind of create value for the role. Um, Even though there are some very obvious ways. I mean, companies are like, okay, well, we're going to be scrum. We're going to follow the methodology of scrum. We're going to be agile. (laughs) So logically, we need a scrum master. Let's go find one. And now it's official. We're scrum.
0: Um, <laughs> right.
1: but, but then it's like they'll kind of look at you and they're like well you know you do what you do you're a scrum master because even some right. companies don't know what they've just hired they don't oh, actually right. understand oh yeah what your role is oh that's the so, same, same with ux designer same with ux
0: designer they're like we really need you to do this and you're like well what you know i want to talk to people oh no no we don't want you to talk to people oh wait a minute that's the most important part. So I, I, because no one that's hiring you has ever been a scrum master. So they, they can't know potentially, you know, what it really entails, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so so if you, if you do work yourself out to a job, out of a job, do you think there's a good market out there?
1: Oh, goodness gracious. Yes. Um, (laughs) Actually, just as a, I realize that there are going to be questions, but um, I actually, the first company that I worked for it was a massive company. It was one of the largest telecommunication companies in the world. And so again, so when I was brought into this field, I'm there thinking, whoa, way in over my head. Um, But, now, I mean, when I made the decision, it was not, um, I mean, it was a, I had been there for about two years and I made the decision that I just, I was looking for something different. I didn't know if it was going to be scrum master work or what, but I just felt like my time there had kind of come to a close and it was time for me to move on to something else. And I had given myself a little break. And as I moved deeper into this little staycation, if you will, I started getting more and more antsy of, oh my gosh, if I don't start applying to places, no, like what if I what if I don't get another job? I like what's going to happen? And as soon as I reopened my LinkedIn profile and put my resume out there, I was getting calls numerous times a day, not only from contracting companies but from you know people wanting to hire an internal employee. Um, So I was, it was a matter, it was never a matter of me forcing my way through the door. Um, I huh. was—I had to make a decision. It was, okay, well, all of these people have decided that they need me or want me, and now I get to take my pick. And that right. was a really encouraging moment because I didn't recognize the value of the role yes. until yes. that. So Right, right.
0: That's wonderful.
1: It would be for any Scrum Master. I mean, if you get your certification... That little CSM to throw after your name, people will hunt you down right. because they want a good scrum master. And they, they really do um, that. The certification is, is it's mandatory for most places now.
0: And I but you, in fact, because I know this, we have this conversation, in fact, got one not before you started, but. Yep, but after right. Yep. So that's a so that is you know that's the that's your path and that everyone's is different. Uh, I do think you're gonna like this one, um, because I know I mean these are not even my questions. These are just all the questions by other moms. Is who should consider a scrum master? Like what what skills? What personality? Who would be really really great at a scrum master role?
1: Uh, I think confidence is key with a lot of roles, but uh, confidence is key. The ability to talk to people and maybe even more importantly, the ability to listen. So listening skills are imperative because, again, it's like there are times I don't actually know what they're talking about. But when I'm listening, I can hear, you know, key words. And if I hear them repeated and it's like, you know, you can make you can put two and two together. So it's really important, um, especially in a room where you've got upwards of, you know, you've got eight to ten people in there. Everybody's trying to have a voice to be one comp or, you know, listening intently and making sure you're hearing everything that's being said. Um, but also the confidence to I mean, sometimes you got to cut people off. Sometimes you have to. To say, okay, guys, we're putting a pin in this. We got to move on. We got to keep going because we don't have time. You know, you're you're looking at the clock. You got to be. You have to have excellent time management skills. Organization is key. If you like Post-it notes, Scrum Master work is for you. Uh, uh, probably, see, you that's, where yeah. that's where we
0: connect. Yeah, that's
1: where
0: we connect. Yeah, because UX designers love Post-it notes too. See. Like I just used one tonight.
1: <laughs> that's perfect. There it is. Yep.
0: Yeah. There it is for sure. That's really great. That's good info. Can we just go over the roles on, are every one of your teams the same or different?
1: Well, in Scrum, they're all really the same. Um, they're really you have Can you your just talk develop- about
0: your team? Yeah, thanks.
1: Yeah. Uh, so there's the development team, and that's obviously the developers. Right. Um, and I will say just as a, just kind of as a prefacing statement, Um, every single role on the scrum team is level. There is no hierarchy. So I think sometimes people get this idea that, well, the developers are reporting to the product owners who are reporting to the managers. And it's like, no, everybody is a team and it is looked at as a team. It's not some sort of weird, I'm better than you, or I have more power than you. Uh, everybody has a different role. So you have your development team doing the actual nitty gritty, you know, doing the coding um, and making the making the vision happen. Uh, the product owner and the product owner is the one responsible for actually sharing and communicating that vision to the developers. So there's a lot of communication back and forth between uh, the product owner and the development team and then the scrum master. And the scrum master is the one who, you know, ensures that the conversations are happening between both of those roles, but then is also there to kind of act as like a referee throw in the flag when it's like, Hey guys, we're deviating from our process. Hey guys, this is not actually how we, how we have agreed as a team that we do things. Um, Mm -hmm. And it always comes back to that team. So you're kind of there to, to moderate, facilitate all the eight type words, but never (laughs) dictate. Uh, So, you know, there's not like there's a dictatorship and you're telling people this is what you're doing. Um, And I think that that's actually a common misconception is that Scrum has project managers because it really doesn't. Um, There really aren't managers uh, in Mm -hmm. the Scrum team. Um, And the role of a manager is very, very different from a Scrum master in that Scrum masters don't ever delegate. They don't tell people what to do, how to do it, when to get it done. Their role is merely to keep everybody on track with decisions that they have made as a team. So they've decided we're doing this work and in this amount of time and in this way. And then you just remind them of that.
0: Right. (laughs) Which is a big job. So I have another question here, but I'm going to just tell you my favorite quote of all time. I don't know. It's on a bunch of my Facebook uh, pictures is by Samuel Johnson People need to be reminded more often than they need to be taught. One of my favorite quotes. And that's why I don't think you'll ever be out of a job because as much as it's, I mean, no offense, it sounds a little simple. Like, oh, I'm just reminding people. But there's so many layers to that and so many ways in which people, we constantly do that. I think of myself, like I write down what I'm going to do for the day and then I'm like, wait, at the end of the day, wait, why didn't I do that? Wait, wait, what what happened here? You know, and what's the priority? And we run an agile, we run agile on my team. And it's like, okay, what's the priority? What are we looking at? And are we, okay, are we doing what we said? Are we doing what we said was the priority? And um, it's, um, it can be a lot trickier. Erin, do you ever interface with a customer?
1: I do not. No. Um, Yes, I did.
0: I did notice that I didn't hear designer, any UX designer on your product team. So it sounds like your product owners might be doing, do they ever do wireframes? Do your product owners ever do wireframes?
1: Uh, I believe they do actually. And right now, actually, and it's now that I'm thinking about it, we actually just recently, the company I'm working for, just went through a merger and the product owners have been spending a lot of time with the UX and UD, um, folks from the new, uh, office that we've merged with. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think so they, they, have UD? Brought, they have filled that gap for us.
0: <laughs> so are they saying user designers? Are they saying UD for UX designer?
1: Well, it was UX slash UD. So,
0: yeah. So that's, that's in one of my, um, that's one of the things I've talked to. I think I posted that in the Facebook group, but I mean, that's one of the things I try to communicate to the moms like, do you know how hard it is the job search for an Agile position? They, like, everybody just, like, tweaks it and changes it. And that's why we have questions like, well, you know, what about the BA? Well, and I always talk about how it has to be big enough. But even at your large corporation, it sounds like you didn't have BAs on your product team. And I wonder if that had to do with but you were transitioning from Waterfall into Agile, right, if I remember correctly, at your first organization?
1: Yes. And that... I actually, I don't know if t- to this day they have migrated all the way to Agile. Um, I I mean, it's an awkward place to be and a lot of companies are in that place of they they hire a scrum master and they tell you, right. we want you to, to head up the scrum, you know, and keep us accountable and teach us scrum because that's what we are. And they're not, they're still right. waterfall. They're operating under a totally different development cycle. And um, it's a weird place to be. But so that's where that confidence and that boldness comes in, where it's like, you got to be willing to stand your ground and to say, like, you hired me to remind you of this. And so I'm going to remind you, but that's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to tell you that what you're doing is wrong. I'm just going to say, well, with Scrum, this is how you would handle this, whether or not they choose to do it. eh. Yes. Right.
0: I think that's an important point because I've come across a lot of um, people at organizations who when they are the large organizations they're so used to the old guard and the change is so big and they want to be agile but it takes a big movement to kind of get there it sounds great and it sounds like oh yeah we'll just be agile and then it'll work and um and I think that it, it can be hard because sometimes we have to know our job like we were talking about better than anyone we're working with and I no, I'm sure that's true for Scrum Master. I know it's true for UX designer. It's like, constantly have to tell people, but we have to talk to the users. And then they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. Oh, of course we we'll talk to the users. But then how do you make time and prioritize that? And that's the tricky thing. So I know that's why and with Scrum Master, you've got your daily standup. So you're always practicing, you know, kind of that, here's what we do. And we go around and we... Talk about those three things that you said about what did you do yesterday? What are you doing today? And, you know, what are the roadblocks? If you um, if you would like to contact Erin via email because you really think maybe a Scrum Master is something that you're interested in, So we will link to Erin's profile on LinkedIn. But um, I just want to thank you so much for being here, Erin. It is such a a blessing to have you here to share your story with the moms and to like, just, you know, own that you didn't come from a tech background and and you had the guts to just go for it and take a leap of faith and really try something. And it sounds like you're really happy where you landed. It sounds like you like your work.
1: Yeah, I am. I'm very, like you said, I'm very blessed to be where I'm at. I am in a position that has opened doors for opportunities that I mean, I never would have even imagined having. So that's That's fabulous.
0: I think it's a fabulous message. That's what I'm trying to bring to moms to tell them that tech has more opportunities than they can ever imagine is a tech role for them. So I think um, I just really thank you from the bottom of my heart. I know that, There was divine intervention in us meeting, and I'm so grateful that you were quick on the draw and able to help us with that, so.
1: Yeah, thank you, Ellen. Thanks, everybody.
0: Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies training and never-ending support to get hired. Sign up at youaretechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y dot com. I'll see you next time.